Listener Production. Today on Footy Talk, myself and Joey Montagna will preview round 23 and give you all you need to know ahead of the second last round of footy. And Joey starts a code war against the man, Gordon Tallis. You're listening to Footy Talk with Kate and Joey this Friday. Your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Joey, welcome. Happy Friday. Good morning, Kate. Happy Friday to you too. Big weekend of AFL this week. Can't wait to get stuck into it. Some elimination finals. I know there's talk about wild card weekends and all those things. Well, we've got two two weekends of wild card weekends coming up with elimination games and Plenty to get through, so looking forward to it. Now, before we start on our review, I just wanted to bring a little bit of audio from the NRL 360 show. NRL? Yep. I know this is an AFL show, but you'll understand why in a minute. So this is Laurie Daly and Gordy Tallis talking on NRL 360. Are you okay? Me? Yeah. What do you mean? Last night on the back page, AFL, that AFL, saying AFL's better than us and bigger than us, the number one game. Yeah, I just said it because as a gambling man, they play... In every state and territory, yeah, and they get hundred thousand people at the SCG, uh, MCG. Yeah. They get fifty thousand at the SCG when the Swans are playing. So I just said, in my opinion, I, I think they are a biggest. Well, the two states I live in, I wouldn't know a GWS player or a Sun. I wouldn't know a Gold Coast Sun or a GWS player. Every kid in Queensland knows more Dolphins. Yeah, you got to be number one around the country, not just in Melbourne. Yeah, but they are. They're on the west coast. They're more recognisable than what our players are. We're, we're only on the East Coast, Gordon. I don't know, Loz. Like, when we go to Melbourne, we sell it out. When we go to Perth, yeah, we sell an Origin yeah, game. 50,000 there yeah, the but other if we, take a, if we take an NRL game here, mate, hardly anyone turn it up. Mate, we took an NRL game to yeah, Perth. We, and got... yeah, well, that was two. They, they could bring a game to anywhere they want to play it and they will sell the stadium out, mate. We can go to New Zealand. Yeah, but they could take a game down. What about their international Dustin game? Martin, Dustin Martin their international is, is the game biggest they sports star in New Zealand other than an All Black. <laughs> All right, yeah, you too sweet. All good. Uh, very good. Um, first of all, smart man, Laurie Daly. Mm. I mean, he was spot on there. Come on, Gordy, what's he banging on about? There's seven states in Australia. We, we dominate five of them. I know where he. Surprised he lives in two states. I liked how he yeah, said that. Yeah, that's interesting. He lives in two states, and yes, of course, NRL is bigger in New South Wales and Queensland, but in, by any measure, AFL is a bigger sport. Everybody knows that. That's what Laurie Daly was talking about, whether it's attendances, uh, TV audiences, participation, even in those northern states, and you'd know about that, huge participation yeah, in AFL. And, and then, of course, the TV rights. We were about three times more uh, valuable than the NRL in regards to TV rights, which is a fair indication that AFL is by far the biggest sport in Australia. Kate. Yeah, and I think that growth of those uh, two states that um, Gordy Tallis is talking about, I've seen it firsthand, the growth of AFL in Queensland, just the hype around the AFLW starting when I was up there, our success as the Brisbane Lions there, and then the men's success on the back of that. Participation rates have grown so much from junior football there that I think it now actually outranks um, NRL up there for junior participation. So clearly the best sport. And by an offensive to New Zealand, St Kilda went over to Anzac Day, played a couple of times, and we drew in big crowds of the Cakes in <laughs> over there in Wellington. So we were all international as well. But, uh, yeah, that's commissioning to see uh, where that goes because, Gordy, come on. Nice try, but no. No, thanks. Great. Well, now that we've started a code war, um, we can Ooh, move on to I'll, previewing. I'll be sorry. hiding behind you too if Gordy <laughs> wants to come back. You, you'd have to lead the charge. Well, charges. he was actually probably one of my favourite players growing up. I used to watch him on the TV, dominating state of origin. So I'd go to water if I was trying to debate with Gordon Tallis. Uh, he's dominating. I love the uh, the Matty John show too with those boys. That is one of the <laughs> best shows on TV. 
So previewing the round, a huge one tonight, Joey. Pies and Lions, you'd think... All the pressure on the Lions in this one. If they're any hope of beating the Pies, it would be this evening at Marvel. Yeah, this is right, Kate. It's, it's a big game, but more so for Brisbane. I mean, Collingwood, it's a bit of a free hit. They can't lose top spot, really, or top two. Uh, they're going to, you know, some players that are out injured. They just need to find their very best football. They've just got to keep working on, on getting back to how they play the first 10 or 12 weeks of the season. But it's all or nothing, I think, for the Brisbane Lions. If they win this, it pretty much means they'll finish second and they'll stay at the Gabba. If they lose, it's most likely they'll finish third or fourth and have to travel through the finals. And we know that they're much, much better at home than they are traveling. So, look, they've got no excuses. They're fully fit. I know Jack Gunston's out, but even, you know, he's, he's sort of fringe 22. His last month was pretty quiet. I expect Brisbane to win. And if they don't, there'll be some serious question marks about their ability um, to be able to, to try and win this premiership. As you said, if they can't beat an undermanned Pies at Marvel Stadium where it suits Brisbane, they've won seven of their last eight. They have a good record. Friday Night Lights. It's going to be, well, I can't wait to see how Brisbane handle the occasion. Do you think they would have preferred, I know that they probably play better footy at Marvel, but do you think they would have preferred to play this at the MCG given in a couple of weeks' time that's where the big games are? I would like to think that that was their mentality. Yes, give us to us, give it to us at the MCG and we'll prove everyone wrong. I yep. would like that. But in saying that, they don't have the choice and they've, all they've got to do is just find a way to win. That's all that matters. So uh, they've got a better record at Marvel um, Simon Black put it on Cam Rayner and said he needs to lift. I think it's Hugh McCluggage's time. Yep. I mean, Neil and, and Dunkley have just been slightly off the boil. Ashcroft came in and I think affected uh, McCluggage's season, but now he gets the chance at the prime of his career to be the main man. He's been in good form the last few weeks, so I'm looking for a big game from Hugh McCluggage. And just quickly before we move on, Ethan's Brownlow predictor had Nick Dacos still winning, even though he's out for the last five or six rounds. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I did a deep dive as well last week, and I've got the same. I, I Going into the last round's game, I still had Nick Dacos sort of four to six votes in front of Bontempelli and Petrarca, and neither of them polled on the weekend. So, look, if P- Petrarca or Bontempelli good enough to poll five or six votes in the last two rounds and, and get, you know, two BOGs, well, good luck to them, but... I'd be very comfortable being in Nick Dacos's shoes right now. It's going to make for such an exciting count. He'll be a long way in front with six weeks to go, and we're just going to see whether he can hold on. Still a long way in front in the coaches' votes as well, so that's one to keep an eye on too. So let's move on. Tigers and North. So it's a goodbye game to Rewalt and Cochin. So two really big players for the Richmond Tigers over the last 10, 15 years, and that's going to be a, an emotional farewell for the Richmond fans. Yeah, two of the all-time AFL greats, and of course, Jack Zeeble as well. We won't forget him, but this will just be a fun game. One of the, the most enjoyable games I played in, Kate, was when um, Justin Kaczynski, Stephen Milne, Jason Blake all retired on the same day. It was late in the season. Neither team or we couldn't play finals, so it was just an occasion to enjoy and going out there, and that's what this will be for two teams that can't play finals. It'll be a fun, enjoyable environment. Celebrate in the right way. Um, can't wait for it. And, yeah, well done to those two uh, gentlemen. What they did to turn around that Richmond Football Club and have set them up for a long time into the future, they should be very proud. And Clarko said during the week, um, Ben Mackay, if he wants to leave, then that's his choice. That's the whole situation with free agency. And you've got to be prepared for both sides. Do you see Ben Mackay playing at North Melbourne next year? No, I don't. And I think we're slowly becoming more mature as an industry to just understand this and accept it. I think it looked to me like Ben Mackay made his decision a fair while ago, sometimes the way that he's played and just the noise around it. And that's fair enough. He's entitled to that. He hasn't had a lot of success he needs to secure his own future and play in a winning team. And 
Hopefully North Melbourne can make the most of it, get an early draft pick and continue to set themselves up for what I still think will be a fruitful period in the next few years. Yeah, definitely. They've got a lot of young talent, so if they can keep adding to that, we will just continue the rebuild and accelerate it a little bit faster. Next one we've got is Suns and Carlton. So Suns were the team that Carlton started this huge turnaround against in that second half against them and absolutely dominated. Do you see that going the same way? Jeez, and a lot changed in eight weeks. Absolutely. From that game at the MCG, the third quarter, or second quarter it was, wasn't it, where they blew them out and from there they haven't looked back the Blues. I think it's a little danger game. Gold Coast at home, they've still been in, in pretty good form. You know, at some stage as Carlton's bubble burst a little bit, it's hard to keep that level, that high level up for a huge period of time. You know, Port Adelaide were able to do it for 13 weeks and had their drop off. You don't want Carlton to sort of do 10 in a, in a row and then maybe have it at finals. So if they are to have a slip up, now is maybe the better time. But the fascination will be around Harry Mackay uh, and more so that it's when you're, you're humming as a team and you've got five or six of your best players to, to come in. It doesn't automatically just make you better. You hope it does, but there's it's the sum of all parts. As you know, Kate, as a coach, it's about role players and, and everyone fitting into a system that allows the team to flourish, not the individual. So, look, we know Harry Mackay is a very, very good player. Hopefully it does make a difference. But it'll be interesting if they do happen to lose and the form and how he plays, what decisions they make going forward into the finals. Absolutely. And they've got that continuity flowing from the last eight weeks. They know their forward line, how it's working, who to get it to. Does the the new tall target in Harry Mackay take away from Charlie's game and also give the players the smalls? You need to know where the ball's going as a small. And the forward pressure. They've gone from being an average forward pressure team to being the second best in the competition because the smalls, as you said, can reference the point there's extra numbers there to be able to be a bit more dynamic and lively. All of a sudden, if you have two or three tall forwards, you know, do you lose a bit of that team defence, that first layer of team defence and, and make them vulnerable? But hopefully for the Blues' sake, it just adds to their already strong uh, side and they continue to build. The next one we've got on Saturday is effectively an elimination final, isn't it, Joey? So whichever team of this loses, you'd think their top eight hopes no, are done. over. They are they done. Are done. Yep, yep. done. They're done. So it is an elimination final. Giants and the Bombers... Who do you see getting the chocolates here? Yeah, so the winner will stay alive going into the final round of the year. And they'll both be underdogs in that last game. Essendon have Collingwood. The Giants will have to beat uh, Carlton. But the winner is alive, which is all you want to do and have destiny in your own hands really going into the final game. But it's hard to it's hard to have any confidence in Essendon from what I've seen. I've done those last two games against North Melbourne and West Coast live. Their team defence, which was strong early in the years, really dropped away. Have they just thrown, you know, rolled the dice a bit with Draper and Stringer? How fit uh, are they going to be? Um, so, look, I think the Giants will bounce back. Adam Kingsley will be will have ripped into them after their poor performance against Port Adelaide. They haven't had too many, the Giants, but with two really good inches, at forward pressure, having um, Brent Daniels and Toby Bedford come into the side to apply that forward pressure, a bounce back from the Giants at home, I think they should be winning this game. And yeah. then they go into that final Sunday night game against Carlton. Uh, depending on the circumstances of this weekend, needing to win to potentially play finals. That is going to be a massive game, and it's the last game of the home and away season as well. Couldn't have scripted that one better, the AFL with their fixturing. So yeah. well done by them. Next we've got the Saints and the Cats. So this one's at Marvel, which gives the Saints a little bit more of an advantage, I think. Obviously, the, the Cats at home at GMHBA really tough to beat. So this one being at Marvel does play into the Saints' hands. So... What do you think? This one, the Saints actually put together a really nice performance last week. There were question marks over them dropping out of the eight. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, again, it's another pretty much elimination final. Cats lose. They won't be able to play finals. And if St Kilda lose, it makes it very hard to go to the Gabba next week to beat Brisbane. So must win. 
you're right about St Kilda. Their last month actually has been very good. I mean, they beat Hawthorne, who we've seen the form of them over the last month. The first half against Carlton was excellent. They couldn't sustain it. And then their game against Richmond, I thought was very, very good. So I think they've found their groove on offense. Max King and Tim Membry back into the lineup. They're moving the ball better and their defense is rock solid. Where Geelong have just been flaky all year. It just hasn't been the Geelong that we've been used to over the last 10 seasons, particularly the way they defend and their ability to win clearance and, and those sorts of things. So with a few more injuries, Reece Stanley out, they're going to have to throw the youngster, Shannon Neal, into the ruck against Rowan Marshall. Have they rolled the dice with Tom Hawkins? We're not sure, but it all sets up for St Kilda. Destiny's in their own hands. They, they've been in the eight all year. Two things happen, Kate. They either play finals and they surprise everyone, or they are the Carlton of last year and yeah. they stay in the top eight all the way through to the final round of the year and miss out and it'll be heartbreak again, which St Kilda fans I know are used to. So yeah. this is a big game for them. I'd, I'd like to think they are in good form. I think they should beat Geelong if they played like they did against Richmond. Yeah, first game of the year too that we had, uh, they had Tim Membry and Max yep. King and good on Max King, got his body right. He was going to be ruled out for the year and then put in some really big strides with his rehab to get back for the last few rounds of the season. So you'd really hope for his sake they can go deep into finals to reward him for his effort to be able to get back in the team. It's been a great effort. You're right. He's been he's been super and they've just got to try and uh, nullify just the three big guns. Dangerfield, Tom Stewart, Jeremy Cameron. If they fire, Cats can win. If you can nullify them, I think St Kilda get it done. All right, we're going to take a quick break here, but we'll be back to preview the rest of the games for round 23. You're listening to Footy Talk with Kate and Joey. If you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. So, Joey, we're up to now Crows and Swans, the next game. So, Isaac Rankin back in, overcoming that really nasty-looking hammy injury from round 19 against Melbourne. That's a big in for them. It is, and Josh Rochelle in a bit of form after getting a little, just a little prick to be made the sub for a young man um, who's pretty confident. I think it was a good little lesson for him that, you know, you've got to keep doing the hard work, and they are so important to them, the uh, the Wizards of South Australia, Rankin and Rochelle. I like the way Adelaide are going. I think that was an honourable, pretty good loss to Brisbane by one kick at the Gabba. I mean, that's a pretty strong form line. They'd won a couple before that. Two evenly matched teams. They both are really good offensively. They, they are two of the more potent offences and diverse forward lines. When you think of Sydney with Heaney in form now and Haywood and Papley and the Talls, and we know Adelaide have got four or five different avenues to goal. So this will be a fun game to watch on Saturday night. But at home, hard to go against the Crows. And they win this, Kate. They then have West Coast, so they'll win that. And yep. their percentage is enough that they'll probably sneak into the eight. So are they a bit of a sleeper? Because we know how good their best is. They have challenged all the top teams this year. So just keep a little sneaky on the Crows. You remember did it back in all those years ago, 97, yeah. 98. I know it's a long time ago, but history is on their side and they could be the sleeper. I agree. I think you can't really look past the Crows, first of all, at home and their form against the top sides has just been really consistent as well. So we move on, Dogs versus the Eagles. So not a whole lot happening in this one. You'd think the Dogs, pretty poor performance from them last week. So you'd think they need to get back into form against this this West Coast team. Yeah, we're not going to learn anything out of this game. The Dogs <laughs> will win. They'll win comfortably. But for them, it's about what they do round 24 against Geelong. That's their challenge. That's their acid test. They're a hard team to figure out, the Western Bulldogs. I think the story might be around the Eagles if they get flogged again because there is some noise about Adam Simpson and the board are thinking about making a decision. So he wouldn't want another, you know, 80, 70, 80 point plus loss against the Western Bulldogs. That might just tip the board over the edge to make a decision. Um, I'm still in the camp that I think they should probably go with Simpson one more year. I don't think they're ready to get 
a new young coach, first-time coach just yet. I think they've still got some heavy lifting to do. Save that development coach for when they're coming out the other side. Uh, they'll be more competitive next year if, you know, they can just get Barassa, McGovern, Sheed, Yo, even Jamie Cripps was an important player to play most of the season. They will be more competitive as well as some more young talent. Um, up until then, I think they've just got to continue to transition this list like they've already started to do. Um, but the dogs, yeah, what can we say about them? They'll win this one easy. Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of tall forwards get a hold of West Coast defence. So keep an eye on Eugle Hagen and, of course, Aaron Norton in that one. Can they kick some big scores yep. either between the two of them or does one just take the game on and kick a number of goals? So that's a really big opportunity for those two to get into some form ahead of next week against Geelong, which will be a must win. Next up, we got the D's and the Hawks. Hawks are flying. Two really big wins in a row. Knocked off the pies. They're knocked off the dogs again. So how do you see this one playing out, Joey? Well, it's going to be fascinating. They are the giant killers, the Hawks. It's amazing their seven wins. The, the three of them have been against the, the two teams, North Melbourne and West Coast, that everyone's beaten. And their other four have been all in the top eight. So they haven't beaten any teams sort of 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, just above them. Um, but they've been able to knock off some of the top teams. So maybe they get themselves up. But I, I think Demons... They're too professional. They don't get – even their five losses since round six have all been very close losses. You think the, the game in the NT against Giants, uh, the Carlton loss where they arguably should have won if the score review went their way. Um, there was a game against Port Adelaide. They lost by less than a kick. So the Ds just should be getting the job done. They're still my number one seed. I've still got a lot of faith in them. Clayton Oliver, the game under his belt. I don't expect Brady Grundy to play as we're talking on this Friday morning. The way they've named the teams – it looks like Adam Tomlinson might come back into the defence and Joel Smith will be the forward that they will go with, which I don't mind. Um, Tom McDonald is still waiting in the wings as well. So Dees will get the job done. Hawks are being terrific. But I'm just going to say, I think people should be tempering this whole Hawks are going to play finals next year or the year after. There's been a bit of an overreaction to that. It's the fourth year in a row they'll be bottom four for defence and points against. They've still got a lot of work to go. I know they play exciting footy and it looks great and it's been able to cause some upsets. But I just think... Um, they've still got a fair bit of work to do. And it's important to remember with Hawthorne, while it looks great, their youngsters and how well they're playing, you've got to look ahead and say, who are they going to be better than in the next couple of years? Because the teams that are outside the eight are all well more advanced in their rebuilds. Fremantle, Essendon, the Gold Coast Suns with a new coach, Essendon. Um, that's not even including teams like Richmond, who are always going to be around the mark. So they've still got some work to do, the Hawks, but they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, and there's been a lot of teams that have sort of been in and out of that top eight throughout the whole season, and the Hawks obviously haven't been yeah. one of those. So you're exactly right. Taking on those teams around them, then they haven't really been too competitive with them. They've yeah. just got a few real scalps. big scalps. Yeah. Yep. Next one, Frio and Port. So Ken signed his two-year deal, finally got it done after a win last week. So that's good news for him. Um, obviously well-deserved as well. Yeah, he deserved that. And uh, I like the way they bounced back Port Adelaide. So they've had their little dip, probably at the right time again, get it out of the way. And uh, I think, that, again, they're going to peak at the right time. It's going to be led by their midfield. So their defence is still a little bit sus. But if their midfield can dominate finals, I think they can get through to a grand final off the back of Rosie and Horn Francis and, and Butters, of course. So... Uh, if they're a professional team that want to win a flag, they should go over the West and get the job done. But Fremantle are playing some of their best footy late in the season, which is unfortunate for them, but uh, it, it'll hold them in good stead for next year. But I like Port Adelaide. Always a tough road trip as well, heading over to Perth. Yeah. So just quickly on Jason Horn francis who you mentioned, do you think he'll win a Brownlow one day? It's obviously his second season. He's been putting together some pretty handy performances, though, for Port. Well, I, went, I rolled with something earlier in the year on the Sunday rub. We hitch our wagon, and I hitched my wagon to... There was all the talk about Nick Dacos. And I said, by the end of their careers, I think they'll both be Hall of Famers, Nick Dacos and Jason Horn francis So I think he does have the capability to win a Brownlow. We saw how he played the other night. I mean, he's still in his second year. We, we, 
we have some of these players on such a high benchmark because, yeah. and maybe Nick, people like Nick Dacos probably ruin it for all these other second year. Yeah, they year. put so much pressure yeah. on the second year players. Yeah. You have to be this good by your second year. It's ridiculous what we're asking these uh, 19, 20 year olds to do. But yeah, I think he will be an absolute superstar of the competition. No doubt about that. And as always on a Friday, have you got a bold prediction for us, Joey? I do, Kate. My bold prediction will be the Saints and the Crows both win this weekend and lock up a spot in the top eight. So the Saints and Crows will be playing finals after they win this weekend. Yeah, well, that was mine. I thought the Crows would make the top eight. Um, They've been the team since sort of that midway through the season that I've always thought would sneak into the eight and possibly cause a bit of problems for teams in there. So I think that will happen. I think they'll beat the Swans this week and they'll get into the top eight. Yep, like it. I've got one more. Jack Rewald will kick five plus in his final game. They'll go out of their way to kick it to Jack. Jack will make sure that they kick it to him in a game that uh, will be played with a bit of fun. They will look after Jack and he'll kick at least five. Absolutely. Well, that would be a good way for a champion to go out. So thanks for listening to us at Footy Talk. Hope you go well over the weekend and make sure you tune in tomorrow. Listener.